1: This week, uh, we got to get the inside scoop on the Lakers of the East. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my hometown, the Washington Wizards, um, and the Eastern Conference. The Wizards, by the way, are leading that at the time of recording this podcast. Get into it. But first, Darlene, let's run it. Buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media monica is a former georgetown hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks dc ballers are the smartest king is a former three and d Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer monica king let's do this thanks darlene you get better every time sis uh welcome to buckets boards and blocks I'm Monica McNutt alongside my co-host King McClure, coming at you from Myrtle Beach. We got Beast Week tournaments coming up. I can't wait, but let's stay focused. We're so excited to be back with you. We're definitely getting into the Wizards. Um, King, how about your Dallas Mavericks right now?
2: I was uh in the hotel room, I was, <laughs> watching the game. They were playing the the Suns. I don't know they that I was the game, but I they lost. They, Go ahead, continue. They lost. <laughs> yes, I, we ain't had Luka though, so it's all good. You know, when we, when we get Luka back. One of the best players in the NBA, probably top five, in my opinion. Um, Don't at me. But we get him back, we'll we'll, we'll be good. Um, So, yeah.
1: All right. Cool. All right. Let's keep rolling. We have a guest. Are you introing him or am I?
2: Oh, I got you. Let's do this. Well, the Washington Wizards, they are on fire to start the season as we record this on Thursday morning. The Wizards have a record of 10 and four. Who would have guessed right
1: now? Mm, Not me, I'll be honest.
2: 10 and four. They won five out of their last six games at a tough loss against Charlotte on Wednesday. Well, our guest is here to make you a smarter fan and explain how in the hell this all happened, (laughs) right? He is Quentin Mayo. This dude is a rising star. He does so many things, and one of them is a Washington insider, a Wizards insider. Welcome to the show bro I've always been the young guy on this show but
1: apparently you're younger than me how old are you? I'm
0: 24 I turned 24 in May.
1: <laughs> that is, the, I apologize for my team Quentin that is the rudest <laughs> intro ever. <laughs> wow I'm wow,
2: normally the youngest guy but you know what it's, it's cool you're younger than me um Bruce was the one who told me to ask that question. <laughs> I'm going to go Bruce under the tables. And Monica want to say, I'm the rude one. I'm not.
0: It's, one. Hey, it's all good. It's all good.
1: Besides uh, already crushing it early in the game, 24, Mike May, may you're a prodigy, Quentin. You're also <laughs> one of the few people that Kamaya Adams hyphenated Bill, I think maybe, Bradley Bill's wife, yeah. uh, messes with on the Twitter streets. And so that in and of itself is an accomplishment. Uh, talk to us. Just about where the Wizards are right now this season, and what has been the biggest difference? I mean, the hall of players they got for Russell Westbrook, honestly, game changer.
0: Yeah. Um. First and foremost, thanks for having me, guys. And yeah, being on the good side of Kamaya on Twitter is definitely where you want to be because she takes a lot of shots and she hits a lot of shots. And I'm just, I'm just grateful to be on the side where I'm watching the shots go out. But in all honesty, this Wizards team, like you guys already talked about, they, they have been really impressive, and I. I don't think I doubted it coming into the season, but I did understand that this team does have a lot of young players, even though they are vets. There are a lot of young players who were just role players in different areas uh, throughout their uh, tenure in the NBA. So to come over now, you have crazy depth. You're looking at this Wizards team that still doesn't have their starting four in Rui Hachimura. You didn't have your starting five from last year in Thomas Brown. Like they still are able to run off and, uh, you know, you know get all these wins and be competitive and also we look throughout the season they've lost brad for a couple games spencer Dinwiddie's not playing the second night of back-to-backs it's all around impressive but i have to uh, contribute it to west Unso junior like it's it's easy to have talent but when you bring in a different system of basketball that's you know very different from the typical iso dho pick and roll that you've seen from the past like five six years when scott Brooks was the head coach it, it kind of gets guys to buy into their role because everybody feels like they're a part of something and I think that's what a lot of these players that k- came over just wanted to be. You hear Kyle Kuzma just wanted to be a part of something. He felt like he was in the shadows in L.A., especially back in 2017 when he was that guy. A lot of people, he was considered an untouchable in a lot of those trade talks. And now he's a part of something. Uh, they believe in uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, even coming off an ACL, something that a lot of teams didn't do. Montrezl Harrell didn't play any basketball, it felt like, last year. He's so fresh, he says he felt like he took a year off now he's getting meaningful minutes and people forget that him and lou williams were literally the top scoring bench duo in nba history like that's guys just want to be loved they just want to come out they want to get the basketball and feel like they're part of a uh a winning formula and successful formula and that's what you see right now a lot of guys buying in and a lot of young old vets if you really want to look at it that way that's real would you say that
2: with Dinwiddie and bill they have probably one of the most underrated backcourts
0: not in not 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 just in the east, but in the whole NBA. W- w- would you agree with that? I would agree with that, but it's also crazy. I feel like they're even more in the ready because they haven't played a lot of basketball together. Like even, even to start the season, like when we saw Denwoody hooping this past week when he was just going crazy. Brad wasn't even playing. He was out for personal reasons. And then to even start the season, you know, Brad was on. uh, He had an injury. And then uh, Spence does the same thing. He had to miss it back to back. They still haven't played a lot of these games together and they're winning games. So I think it'd be even more interesting to see how they develop gel because first and foremost, they're both scoring first guards. We've seen Brad, you know, be able to, to facilitate, but that's kind of out of necessity, not because that's who he is as a basketball player by nature. Spencer Dinwiddie, people love the lobs, the gafford and, you know, the, the, the dimes, but he's looking to score the ball every single time he comes on the floor. He's had to train himself to be a more traditional point guard, especially when you're playing alongside a guy like Bradley Bill. So I think the, the sky's the limit for this backcourt, especially now when you look at Mr. Dinwiddie this is the worst he's going to be because he's still returning from an injury. So he's only going to get better every single game in terms of his health. And that'll also come with more camaraderie and chemistry with Bradley Bill. So do you, all right, so here, hold on, go. Okay. Here. Okay. Okay. okay, Okay. I was
1: going to let you go anyway. You didn't have to <laughs> wake me, but all right. I
2: have a problem. If you talk about the offensive, the firepower. Yeah. Do you think that they have enough defense in order to make a, a long playoff run?
0: I think they do. Uh, the only the glaring issue I have right now on defense for this team is... Down low. I mean, Montrezl Hero is a nice, aggressive, physical big man. But in the end of the day, he's only six seven, but he does have a seven four wingspan. So you start getting to the postseason, you're playing the Giannises of the world, the Joel Embiid's all these traditional bigs that are going to present a mismatch. That's going to be rough. And especially you're looking at the starting center and Daniel Gafford. Gaff is a nice piece. He got a nice bag. He was on a non-guaranteed contract literally like four weeks ago. Got a nice bag to be the starting center, but he's still extremely light and he gets in foul trouble a lot. So I think there's a lot of opportunities to be had for opposing offenses in the painted and restricted area. But perimeter defense, I think, is pretty good. I mean, Bradley bill has been playing better perimeter defense. Uh, Spence is a bigger guard. People don't realize that he's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, uh, Kuzma, when he wants to play defense, can be an interesting matchup uh, when you're switching one through five. And also the system. Last year, they switched entirely too much. This year, they're more predicated on hard hedging and doing those things that don't allow you to get out of position. And now you have more guys to you know switch in there to be able to do that because last year you had a lot of young guys who were undersized and don't know how to play defense this year you got some guys who kind of understand the concepts a little better as well
1: all right so here's where I'm at sustainability yeah is the real deal or is it a hot start
0: uh, I think <laughs> I think it is sustainable uh because they're not I don't think West Unso Jr. has these guys you know doing more than they're capable of I think you're getting a lot of easy buckets and their offense is not predicated off of like I need guys like Darby's Berton just going nuclear every single night and shooting, you know, 10 for 14 from downtown. You're able to work inside. You're able to get the easy buckets and put pressure on the defense, especially and get to the free throw line. I think it is sustainable. Now when there's more film on a team with a first year head coach, and we get around that all-star break, and we come out of that all- star break. I think you start to you might start to see some true colors and uh, because you have more film on what the team is good at. But I think it's sustainable because you still do have top in talent like Bradley Bill, who's a star and can't take over at any point in time.
1: Um, I'm so excited. d c needs this. like yeah. the the culture in terms of the basketball fabric, like they deserve this. and so i'm I'm in. and hopefully, um, hoping that this team is sustainable. Now, last week, Quentin, um, our friend Ava Wallace, who does a terrific job covering the Wizards, mm-hmm. had a terrific piece on Montrez Harrell after Bradley Beal lost his grandmother. And mm-hmm. I just, it had been a minute, I think, since I had heard a story like that in terms of the team bond come yeah. out of the Wizards camp. I mean, obviously, John did tremendous things in the community, as has Brad. Yeah. But the, it feels like the level of camaraderie, and I don't know if it's maturity, I didn't particularly buy into John and Brad having an issue. I just thought they didn't necessarily work well together, and right. that happens sometimes. Um, so when you look at this team, not the basketball stuff, what have you been able to see?
0: That that's a great point. That piece from Ava was excellent. Uh, I think one thing that these guys do share is that they want to be here. Like you even see Contavious Caldwell Pope when he came in, a lot of people think he's an interesting piece, but he was brought into DC to play beside his best friend with, with Bradley Bill. So like, there's a connection already right there. You get Montrez Harrell coming into town. Montrez Harrell literally just wants to play basketball and anybody that lets him get playing time, he's going to love them. And he gets that here and uh, they let him be himself. And I think that also takes a lot of pressure off of a guy like Brad to be the leader because he's the best player, because I don't think Brad as a leader is like that alpha dog mentality in leadership. He's more so, more so I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. And if you can't match this energy, then, hey, bro, you might have to go ahead and sit on the bench. Trez knows what it, it's like to be an underdog. He literally has a brand called Underdog. Like that's what he that's what he does. But he loves the chirp. He can come in and be the vocal leader, and they let him have that space. So everybody does have a defined role. And I think when all those things come together, and you know what you're expected, what's expected of you, and what you can contribute, and everybody buys into their role and what other people's role, it it makes it makes everybody happier. Everybody loves to be loved. And even I mean, it's funny because uh when Spencer Dinwiddie came to D.C. He literally said, "I just want to be loved." Like that. That's it. And and it, it's funny to say that, and it sounds kind of cliche, but players have feelings too. Like they're not just hoopers. Like it, it, you you can go out there and drop twenty, and then still be on the back burner. Like it kind of feels like people forgot about what Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen and Joe Harris did before the the big three came to Brooklyn. Like it, they just moving to the side for the brand new toy. And like, he's just sitting here like, bro, please. I, I, I've done a lot for Brooklyn as well. Before it was all this fancy Barclays. I was here. I was here. So I think that's kind of uh, the identity that a lot of these teams have brought to the team is that I love being here. I love my role. And let's let's get
1: some W's together. That's such a good point. And for the record, that Spencer did with Jared Allen, D'Angelo Russell, like that whole Brush. Brooklyn before yeah. Brooklyn. That team was – and Kenny Atkinson. I know he got caught up in the coaching, whatever. He's landed since. But, like, yeah. they did have a good thing going before. Jared
0: Dudley was there, too. Yep. He was sure talking was. trash in the playoffs. <laughs> they still got beat – they got their uh, butts uh, beat up by the Sixers that series. But he was talking trash. Mm-hmm. I, I remember sometimes. that. That was fun. Mm-hmm. All right, King,
1: you ready to go around the NBA, or what you got? I got one more question.
0: Just yeah. one, one more, okay? So
2: you talk about players having feelings, right? And one yeah. player whose feelings who I think have uh, – have been hurt a lot the past few years is Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Based off what you've seen <laughs> this season, what is Kyle Kuzma's upside? Is he legit? Is he a pretender? Is he
0: what everybody thought he was? What is Kyle Kuzma? I think that's the Kyle Kuzma experience, like everything you just named, like we don't we don't really know. And I think Kyle Kuzma right now, he's on a revenge tour. Like you saw when he was cooking in Cleveland and the fans said he's nothing without LeBron. And he was like, well, you guys are literally nothing without LeBron. If LeBron wasn't born here, you guys would have nothing. So you're lucky he wants to come back home and win some championships. But he is on a revenge tour. But. What I see from Kyle Kuzman is a guy with a lot of high upside, but he wants to be the star. I think the key to him is being a star in your role. It's not necessarily being a star, it's being a star in the position that you're given, but he has the tools and the ability to, to be whatever he wants to be. He's six foot ten. Like you people don't understand. Like you see pictures of him beside Anthony Davis, Giannis, LeBron. Like he's looking at him eye to eye, or sometimes he's looking down at him. He has the tools, but it's all it's really all mental with Kyle Kuzman. One thing I want to see from him though is not to, I want to see him play his best games against maybe lesser competition. It's kind of like a narrative-based effort sometimes with with Kuzma. Like I was watching a film before this and I see that Kuz doesn't really play a lot of defense, but when LaMelo Ball comes up the floor and the buzz in the arena starts going a little bit, then he's like, okay, let me lock in and and play some defense. He had to stop against LaMelo in the first quarter last night and he starts, uh, dudes were chirping at him who were uh, sitting courtside. And he gets a stop and then starts chirping back, like that's kind of how he goes. But when he's guarding McDaniels or when he's guarding, you know, Plumlee, he doesn't bring that same energy. So I think he he really has to get going with the fact that people think he's not good or a superstar is going against him. And if he could be just consistent, middle of the road, highs or lows, big game on TNT or seven o'clock on the local NBC Sports Washington, that'll take his game to the next level.
2: That's real, that's definitely real. So sure. let's. Take it to the west, right? And on the east, it's the wizards. Yeah, That's, they're kind of blowing everybody's mind. On the west, it is the warriors. Let's compare the two. I right, what, what what
0: do you see? What's oh, similar- this is a we're comparing the warriors and the wizards to see it's in the season right now. Let's hey, I, I don't have to do anything else. We're comparing the warriors and the wizards. I love it. Mission of retweet that
1: sentiment as a DC girl. <laughs> I totally agree. Yes, this is exactly where we want to be.
0: <laughs> so
2: what 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 similarities do you see? Um, do you think the Warriors are pretenders? You think they're legit, right? What, what, what do you see in the difference between the two teams? Uh,
0: I think the biggest uh, comparison would be you got players on revenge tours. Only thing is the player that's on a revenge tour right now in Golden State is probably the best, no, not probably, the best shooter in the history of the NBA in Steph Curry. And I think, you know, people kind of uh, were down on Steve Kerr as a coach, especially when he didn't have his full plethora of weapons last year and even a little bit before that. People were taking shots at him because that team wasn't so successful. But it's hard to have a team, um, you know, be consistent when you got a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. Now this year you got a full off season of some young guys like Jordan Poole. You're bringing some guys like Kaminga. You got some guys that can come in and know already know the system and can play beside a player who is now fully healthy. Steph still wasn't even fully healthy when he came back last year. Yeah. And Draymond's still going to bring that intensity and that presence. Steph is really out here to kill. Like you saw what he did in Barclays. Like he he's just flat out disrespectful when he shot when. I'm always impressed when he looks away after like halfway through the uh the jumper but the the jumper he had last or a couple of nights ago when he's pointing at the dude in the first row like that that's just that's that I don't even want to watch basketball anymore that's that's not fair. that's mm-hmm. disrespectful if mm-hmm. if I'm a fan and you pointed me and your shot is still in the air I might have to get thrown out the game man cuz like you just can't you can't <laughs> just like on me like that but that team they they're on a mission and I can't wait to see when Klay uh, Thompson comes back, like I, if I was him, if I was the Warriors, I'd push his return back to maybe after All Star break because get as healthy as you can. Because when it gets to the postseason, that's when we really need him.
1: I don't know. I, you know, it's you said something, Quentin, that has really been sh- striking me. Is that the verb uh, agreement that I, I think need? So. I've been struck with this the past two weeks. Is this idea of yes, it's our job to commentate, analyze, watch film the whole bit but do not be confused about how hard it is to do what successful winning teams, winning players yeah. do at a high level and consistency and, and consistently in particular. And so I've kind of been taken aback around this reinvigorated conversation around stuff. I'm like, where were y'all Y'all missed the point where he almost got them into the playoffs single-handedly last yep. year. Like, did we forget about that all yep. of a sudden? Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand.
0: Yeah. I was one of them. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. And it is, it's is, it is It's funny. Cause I always respected him. But I I I come coming into the season, I do the show Bet M Gym tonight. And we literally look at the odds for NBA finals and all that stuff. And I was confused because coming into the season, the Warriors still had like the third or fourth best odds to win the championship. And I'm like, are they about to trade for Dame? Ben Sim. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, I know Steph is great, but the rest of that team is not good. And then uh, you know, the season started the way it did. And now we're here. And now I feel like an idiot. But Steph was he's on one. And I forgot that he can really just take over a game single-handedly not just scoring but facilitating as well
1: and i think you uh, having been very close to the knicks this season one of the things that i envy about the warriors in particular is their system has so much movement and granted yes. a lot of that is built around stuff but even when you talk about guys who they have built up through their system i mean we all had plenty of jokes damian lee's only there because you know he married the curry sister like whatever <laughs> right. but either way you look at a guy like Poole, damian lee i mean even wiggins now they've really figured out how to put them in positions to be yeah. successful And when i think about the league in terms of teams that have a signature that you know what they're going to do and you still are in puzzle land trying to figure out how to slow it down. I don't know that there's a squad that does it better than the Warriors. I mean, maybe Denver, because you just, like, you know what the Joker's going to do, but you got to figure out how to stop that too. Yeah. Um. But I just think in this age of basketball, and as we get through the dog days that we hit Christmas, you know what I'm saying, after All-Star, all of that, it, it's just a thing of beauty. I just love it. It's just something to be said for a team that
0: can hide their star player that shoots that well. Like, I, I understand, like, Joker, but still he's, he's pretty much going to hang around the free throw line extended. He'll bring the ball up the floor, but he's a big – when you have a guy who can literally shoot it without looking, shoot it from wherever on the floor, and he's running through a maze of guys, and, and like, how are you that active, that fast? And then once you get the ball after running, like, 15 seconds out the shot clock, You still have the energy to shoot it off your back foot just and not even look when it's going through the hoop. Like, that's just sick. Like, that's next level. Now, that's why you got a lot of these kids now. We go down to, you know, District Sports Center. We go down to the street, and dudes are just shooting from half court and missing because Steph Curry has ruined the integrity of the jump shot.
2: (laughs) Bro, I had uh, one of my (laughs) homeboys told me at Baylor. Yeah, I uh, was went to the work workout with a warrior with the Warriors, and yeah. Steph was a uh, I don't know why in the world Steph was working out right. But Steph joined the workout, and he said it was something like he's never seen before. Just his ability not to be because you're scared. He gets the ball right, and all of a sudden, like he's trying to break you down. Yeah. And he's gonna pull up in your face, but then when he gets off the ball, he becomes more dangerous because now you just got to lock and trail. You just got to chase. Throughout the whole, like like you said, a maze of people, you running around, and if he gets any bit of space, it, it's it, it's good. So it's, like, what you're are you Playing tag, like that, right.
0: You're, you're playing tag with the dude. Tag. It, it's sick. It's <laughs> sick. And even if when you it's it's even more demoralizing when you when you stay close to Steph and he gets the ball with like two seconds on the shot clock, and it's a turnaround fade, and he's up. Like, you're looking at the ball and he's already ran running back on defense because he knows like you just got to as a defender I'd be like you know what coach just sub me out dog like what, what you want me to do
1: I can't was, stop that. It's so funny because there was a play against Brooklyn where Blake Griffin had to switch on him I mean this probably happened a bunch of times but I remember yeah. one particular play and Blake is textbook like deny man you ball like following stuff, following Steph and then you could just see where he just is gas. Steph makes one more cut and it was a layup it was like yep. dang like what do you do with that?
0: He utilizes every single second of that shot clock and that's. That's why he's one of the greatest ever, because I don't know. We look at players that work hard like Russell Westbrook and you're, of course, like Michael Jordan, like their work ethic. But I think because Steph is small and probably because he's light skin and skinny that people people are like, you know, he don't work that hard, but it takes a lot of work to have the stamina, the ability and also the maneuvering through traffic and still be able to keep your body intact. Like he had injury history to start, to start his career. And for him to be at this point in his career, still playing at this high level and running through amazing kids like freeze tag on a Friday. I mean, that's just, that's just
1: different. That's next level.
2: Freeze tag on a Friday. <laughs>
1: this man's there probably cause he likes skin. I'm done. All right. So check this out though, Quentin, as we're going to open this conversation up around the league a little bit, I am perusing through the Wizards' schedule so far. I mean, they've beaten some solid teams. You caught that L um to the nets the raptors um but i think it's safe to say with the heat waiting on thursday night and saturday in a back-to-back followed by the hornets who are hot the schedule is going to pick up a little bit although y'all got some cupcakes in there um but as you when you start to think ahead to some of the better teams in the league what are you most excited about from this wizard squad
0: um i'm excited about the team picking up these wins now like, I that's that's my honest assessment. A lot of people have asked, like, like you said, is this sustainable? You really haven't played anybody. But I saw a good point on Twitter the other day. They were like, "What do you want the Wizards to show? Struggle and lose these games just to prove that when they play some teams like that are real, that they they can win? Like these are important to win these games when you when it counts because then you don't have to play keep up and catch up, you know, down the stretch when you're trying to get in the postseason. That's what we've seen in D.C. for the past X amount of years. Is a team you get up for a Lakers game and LeBron's in town. You get up for the Cleveland game when LeBron's in town back in the John Wall era, and then you have a regular you know game against the Spurs where nobody's playing, and then you just go out there and lay an egg. You got to pick up. These wins and learn how to win in different ways, shapes, and forms. And I think that's what they've done so far. And it shows resilience. But I am looking at that schedule like tomorrow's going to be a hard game against the Miami Heat because Jimmy Butler is back. But also, I think the Heat got beaten up on last night. And I look at the Wizards, they don't have Spencer Dinwiddie. That's the second I have a back to back. So that's another test after a letdown against the Hornets. Can you go out this th- tonight, play against the Heat, no star point guard, or oh, the Heat won last night? Okay, they were down big in that game, but they came back. I do remember that. But, um, the uh you don't have Spencer Dimwood, you have to play against the Miami Heat. And uh then you see him again on Saturday. This is a Heat team that's a true contender. They're gonna show you some different looks. The Hornets, I, I truly believe like the Hornets are exciting, but the Wizards are better than the Hornets. I I feel like some people might look at that as a hot take, but what I saw through three quarters last night against that team, it, it's it's a different level. But the only thing is Washington didn't know how to counter a one-one three zone, which is not really a a, a terrible thing to. Not be able to do because nobody's playing a 1 1 3 matchup zone anymore.
1: I, I also yeah. just want to point out, as a basketball person, yeah. I love all of these like middle school zones popping up in the NBA. Oh, because the God. other day the Warriors threw a, a box in one and a triangle in two <laughs> at it's, the Nets, uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's
0: crazy. <laughs> and, and that's why, and that's why players like that's why you see a team like. Really? What? What is right. What are we going up again? Like what? I haven't. I literally haven't seen this since middle school. It's funny. Brad said this a couple of years ago. He got a box and one. This is the Brad team where it's just like, you know, nobody there more so than now. which was like last year, and he was like, I haven't seen a box and one since I was playing AAU basketball, and, and that was for like a quarter of basketball. So. It is funny to see what they're doing. JB and the Hornets, they have a really solid defense when they switch to that zone. But other than that, you got to be able to beat the zone. And I think they'll be good for that coming the second time around. The Hornets, too, are, like, big. I, I like the Hornets a you lot. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, LaMelo's yeah. coming in, at, at you 6'6 at your guard spot. And Bridges is rocking rims left and right. So that I like what the Hornets got going on. All right. But this is a perfect segue because I want to go to the East. King and I brought our pod back after a little um, hiatus, you know, everybody mm-hmm. got to take a vacation, health, health, and wellness, balance, sure. and wellness. Um, and we were actually this on the pod was the first time that I was like, Yo, the east is about to be nuts, yeah. Um, I think, and I, I think there's still a debate around who the top three actually will be. Mm-hmm. Like, it's feeling like you got to go heat over Brooklyn right now, and I'm not 100% sure you could put Philly there. And Milwaukee, technically, while they're not healthy right now, they're not near the top of the standings, yeah. And you got Chicago. You got um, the Wizards. Atlanta's starting to get healthy. There's just so much going on. So when you look at the East, Quentin, yeah. when we get down to, God, the plane is going to mean so much this year. Like, it I just is. feel like the plane is going to be huge. Yeah. Um, Wizards are a playoff team. Like, who you got in sort of that four to eight window? I mean, we, you can give us your whole standings. What you expect, actually?
0: So I do expect the Bucks to turn it around. I mean... <sighs> we kind of expected this Bucks team after not only the fact that they won the championship, they played the longest out of any team last year or one other team last year. And then you have drew holiday gets on a direct flight overseas to go play in the Olympics. Then he comes back and, and Middleton the, and Middleton as well. You come back and those guys are tired and they're injured. And they also don't have Brooke Lopez. Dante DiVincenzo was out the, the Michael Jordan of Delaware. Like you're missing a lot of guys that, you know, are, are key to this team's success. So I kind of expected a slow start. I don't. They'll they'll be a one, two, three seed. You know, before it's all said and done, because Giannis, especially last night, he he's a monster. I, the Nets are a question mark to me. Not that they won't make the playoffs or anything, but. They need defense and they need a point guard. And is Kyrie going to get the shot or not? Like that—that's the million-dollar question. Because that team with Kyrie. And welcome
1: to my podcast where we don't talk about <laughs> Kyrie because he's just not coming. So let's move on.
0: <laughs> I don't think he's coming back. I think he's posting the Matrix gifts. I'm like, what does this even mean, man? We—I just love basketball, so I want to see him play. Um, I do think it'll be interesting. The Cavs—they're a surprise. I think they fall down to the play-in spot. I really do. Uh, the Celtics. I don't think the Celtics are a good basketball team. I, I don't think they have the pieces. I, I love Jason Tatum. I love Jalen Brown, but I don't like Marcus Smart being my my point guard. I, they have five centers that don't really play defense. Not five they, centers. Jesus, help them. No, they, they they literally have five centers, including like uh, Fernando uh, something. I can't remember his name. Uh, some Bruno Fernando. There he is. He's, he's a center on that team, too. So they're confusing. But I think the Wizards are a playoff team. The Nets, yes. I think the Bulls definitely are. The Heat. Absolutely, I think the Hornets middle of the pack, and that that you know four through eight. Yes, the Knicks definitely. I think they're good. Tibbs is always going to be a competitive team. Celtics, I think they slide out. I think the Raptors are a playing team. I think the Bucks take a jump up. I think the Hawks might be in that playing conversation too. I'm not really. really I'm not impressed with that Hawks team. Okay. I think it's too much. It's too much offense just through Trey Young. I think they don't they don't do what we see with Steph, and that offense is high. Trey Young, and he, it's literally he brings the ball to the floor. He's the responsible for pick and roll. John Collins is literally not John Collins without Trey Young, like, right? and he's making a bag to be a star, and he's just not that. You got a lot of guys around the friends that are just watching basketball. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think some of these teams that you're used to seeing at the top, like the Celtics, um, the Hawks, and I guess the Raptors, I think what, they're going to slide. And what six- you got
1: on Philly? You ain't say Philly. Also, King did – um, quentin just give us more than 8 teams in the playoffs. I'm oh, not for sure. sure. I wasn't counting. Oh, for sure.
0: For sure I did. And that's how I keep my job cuz when they pulled his it, at like, quentin <laughs> you said back no. I said everybody's going to make the playoffs. Okay? So let's be completely honest. Uh I don't know about the Sixes either because I know they're off to a pretty good start, but I if Giannis, I don't I'm not Giannis. I don't know if Joel b can stay healthy for an entire season and have the workload on him that he probably is going to have to man without Ben Simmons. They need something like at this point more just Bro, just trade them for a bag of chips. Like if like let, if, you're champ- on, yeah. if you're a if you're a championship contending team, no real team with championship aspirations is letting this black cloud just hang over your franchise. Like even if you just wipe your hands clean of them, I think your fan base and your teammates will respect that more so than let's and let's stick it to Ben Simmons to make them feel it. Like just trade them so we can focus on basketball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A team I don't think you mentioned, the Bulls.
0: Oh, I did I said the Bulls definitely in there. Definitely in there. Okay. I like the Bulls a lot.
2: Like I think uh, I remember, and we have a, a little friendly wager going on the on the Wizards. What's
1: our friendly? W- yeah, we did, but I forgot what it was.
2: Oh, right, never mind. You ain't forgetting. I'm good
1: on. The- <laughs> <laughs> I, oh God, you about to change the, the parameters? That's fine. <laughs> not. Nah, um, I, I, I'm a
2: man of my words. So what I said was the Bulls. I mean the the Wizards are not gonna make the playoffs. If they make I said they were. I gotta take you to dinner. You said they were, and if they don't.
1: You got to be dinner, Okay. It was just a dinner bet. All right, bet. Got it. Copy. <laughs> uh, um, uh, big picture again, Quentin, for you, East versus West. I feel like for so long, uh, the West is just trounces the East, but this year, I mean, I think both sides are going to be competitive, but I'm really captivated by what happens in the East. I think the West probably will be truer to script as someone who does not buy the Lakers. Like they will yeah. be a playoff team, but I just don't, like, I just don't think that this group of guys, it's not that they're not good. It's, that were probably about four or five years past their primes. And I just don't think the rest of the teams in the West are waiting at all. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I agree. I look at that West and the, the only thing about the Lakers is I just can't doubt LeBron until he shows me. Otherwise, like, I don't care if I'm, if all three of us are out there playing beside LeBron James, like at some <laughs> point he just flips this switch to where he can just carry a team. Now this is going to be a true test because this team right now is not really built to win. And if last night or a couple of nights ago, I saw a lineup with Rondo Baysmore and in in, in Car- like I'm like bro, this is not even basketball. Like, and Russell Westbrook gonna fly. Like, what is Frank Vogel doing? But that the West is weaker this year. You think about the stars first and foremost that are out. We're not gonna see Kawhi Leonard probably at all this year. Probably no Jamal Murray. You know, it's just a lot of those guys that typically run the Western Conference. They're they're gone right now. So I think I think the East has the advantage, especially because they're the healthier conference. And a lot of these teams, like the talent, is distributed throughout the Eastern Conference way more than it is in the West, in terms of healthy bodies.
1: I would like to just continue to petition for the Utah Jazz to finally get over the hump because I'd love to see it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I I guess. (laughs) I guess. I like the Utah Jazz, but they're, they're, they can never stay healthy all at the same time either. Like Conley was cooking last year. Finally, him and Gobert had some chemistry. And then uh spider goes down in in the postseason like he can't stay healthy so it's weird it's weird
1: i really want to see defense be rewarded in a real way and that's what that would represent for For me um all right quinn we got to get ready to let you out of here king you got any more before we hit our buckets boards and blocks nah i'm I'm good you answer all my questions all right um okay wait king should we should we make this a wizard specific topic or where what should be the umbrella for the bucket board and block
2: let's do uh let's
1: do the east coast I mean, the east, east they, conference eastern, eastern conference. conference all right um quentin your umbrella your your bucket to choose from is all things eastern conference okay. you have a choice you can give us one of these or you can give us all three of these they are the name of the podcast buckets boards and blocks the bucket is the thing that you love give me more of this all the buckets please the board hmm. Hmm, maybe didn't look so great initially but has some redeeming qualities silver lining like a good rebound the block we don't want no more of this, Dikembe Mutombo finger wag. Get that thing out of here. And your choices for those things all come from the Eastern Conference. You can do one or three. You know what?
0: Give me a block on the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown tandem. Mm. Mm. I think that's. I think that's expired. I think it's over. Um, I think you got two stars that are elite scores that can't coexist right now. And I don't know what point guard that you could bring in that brings the best out of both of them. And that, that's, that's kind of sad to me, but I don't know if that Celtics team, you know, construct, like they have to flip, I think JB, I'm pretty sure he would be the guy who goes because Tatum is just Jason Tatum, but I think you can get a lot for Jalen Brown and maybe start that thing over in Boston. But I think I might block that tandem uh, right now. It's kind of sad. Cause I, I really do like
1: them. Our producer Bruce somewhere is grabbing tissue because that's his team. All right, man, your newsletter. Uh, where can the folks find you, read you, support you? I'm a subscriber. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. You can find me. It's, it's on Substack. It's
0: M-A-Y-O-H dot Substack, dot com. I also do a Wizards uh analysis video after every single Wizards game. So literally at 10 45 a.m which we're recording at 10 i'm going to be breaking down how the wizards failed to uh you know defeat the 113 defense of the hornets last night and uh also I host bet mgm tonight which is a live sports gambling show every single night 7 to 11 p.m eastern time we watch sports for four hours and we win money off of it and we tell you how to win money off of it so that's literally where you can find me at all i'm always somewhere at some at some point in time you get i'm never hard to find my girlfriend um, loves that, by the way, she she can this, always find.
1: I, relatable, okay, relatable, I don't need to track her. He has jobs that put him on the main, <laughs> everywhere I can see him. Also, we didn't even touch the betting thing. Um, obviously, gambling and stuff is here to stay. Is that fun? Have you lost a bunch of money? Like, are you enjoying it? Are you actually? you know, putting your money where your mouth is. Cause I talked plenty of betting for six months ish for on a show. And I never actually put any money on. It.
0: No, it's funny. Cause that's how my, my career started out. I'm just, I'm just going to talk about it, make fake bets. But once you start like feeling yourself a little bit and giving out all this advice and trends, you're like, Oh, I might have to put a little something, something down. Now I don't do the whole hundred dollars, $200 bets. I'm more frugal. Is that frugal is <laughs> the word. I don't think that's even, word. I like no, to keep frugal my is money.
1: absolutely a word. That yes. was the
0: word? Okay. Yes. I like to keep my money to the chest. So I might look at like three or four bets. Twenty bucks. If I'm betting twenty bucks on something, I'm feeling really good about it. But it it's pretty much uh it, it takes your your watching and your viewing experience to a different level because there's so many different ways to watch a game when you do have money on it. Like last night, my biggest my favorite bet was Daniel Gafford over eight and a half points, and I saw that he's going up against a, a Hornets team that they have the worst paint defense in the NBA. Plumley is small. That team is also just extremely small. And they, they just don't defend the, uh, the the paint well. And I look at Daniel Gabbard. That's an easy matchup. He literally finished the first quarter with, what, 10, 12 points. Like, it was easy money. So it, it helps me study the game even more, especially when you're telling people where to put their money. Because you don't want to be wrong. I haven't lost a lot of money because I haven't bet a lot of money. But I have been right more than I have been wrong. And that's the name of the game.
1: That is the name of the game. Um, I also said that Charlotte was sneaky big. And now I need to go back and double check that because I felt like they were big when they beat the Knicks, but maybe they're actually not that big. And to add to that thought though, Quentin, um, does it, I'm gonna let you go. I promise after this, but does it like as an actual hoop head, is it stressful? Like, are you watching your bets more than you're watching the game or like where's the alignment there?
0: I try to I try to keep it 50 50, but it definitely when you have money on something, I think my eyes start to wander to why KCP is open in the corner. Nobody's passing the ball. And I just need two three pointers from him because I got twenty (laughs) dollars on that. Like it, it does start to get that way. It's a very stressful process, but it's fun. It definitely. And also, like I like with our show, we're not just betting basketball we football, hockey, soccer. Like we had the CONCACAF the other day between uh, USA and Mexico. That was a huge deal. Like it, it takes your, your fandom to a different level because now you're expanding your horizon and looking at even more sports, even like baseball and stuff like that. So it has helped me become a more well-rounded and not just fan, but journalist as well, because I feel like now I have more of an understanding of more sports and it's always good to be versatile.
1: Oh, shout out to you, Quentin Mayo, the That's young shot. prodigy. When's That's your birthday? Shot. May 3rd. Okay, you're not even—is that six months out-ish, sort of, kind of? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You got some yeah. time before you hit the big two-five. When y'all get to thirty, let me know because your twenties are ghetto. Y'all just don't know it yet. But anyway, <laughs> they feel uh, ghetto, no, for real. <laughs> Quentin Mayo, ladies and gen- gentlemen, Mayo, thank you for responding to my tweet. Um, I shot my shot across Twitter, and we're glad to have you.
0: For sure, thanks for having me. Now, I'll do this anytime you need me. Bet.
1: Appreciate
0: you, man. For sure. Well, that means you're coming back then. That's
1: <laughs> <Basically, I believe. laughs> recurring guest. That was dope. Oh! Man, that was excellent. Known that guy via Twitter for a while, does great work. Great to have him virtually in person. That's what we're going to call it. So big thanks to Quentin Mayo for dropping some knowledge when it comes to the Washington Wizards this week. Shout out to the home team. We love to see it. They are killing it. If we can get Wizards next Eastern Conference Finals, your girl would not be mad. I do know that that's hopeful, King. Don't roll your eyes. Anyway, as always, thanks to our producer, Bruce Bernstein, for all that he does to keep us on track. Our new editor, Drew Rich. Please check out our other Pure Hoops Media shows. The Mike Wise Show is coming to you from Mexico City, and he talks Golden State Warriors this week with Matt Steinmetz from 95.7, the game in the Bay Area. Catch and shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong features an inside look at the Phoenix Suns with reporter Dwayne Rankin. This week, Aaron Berlin has the week off, but our guy Bruce Bernstein co-hosts the show with Otto and Dwayne's analyst of Chris Paul's leadership skills is really, really insightful. BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman are on schedule to return next week with the Pure Hoops podcast. And King and myself will be back with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media very soon. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. No need to
2: lecture anymore, people. Get the shot. Go with the booster shot. End the story. So, until we meet again, Monica, Trey Young to John Collins. Oop! He lobs it up.
1: Enjoy your hoops. Okay, timing. We did that. (laughs) Buckets, boards, and blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.